MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink. Always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. Weird story. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol in my volume. Alcohol in my volume. I no, shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin food, right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume, episode number 73. It's Tuesday, July 8th, 2014. I am here on morelikeradio.com. If you're listening live, join in in the chat room, morelikeradio.com slash live. If you want to call in live, the number is 862-345-7125, and that's Alcohol by Volume, all one word, on Skype. First and foremost, the MLR Live event is coming up August 9th at Just Jake's in Montclair, New Jersey. We've got comedians, uh, live music, suggested $10 donation with the proceeds going to Otto Peterson's family. It's a good cause right there. Lots of MLR personalities will be uh, driving and flying in for the event. So, uh, you know, head on down there. It'll be it'll be a good time that day. Um, let's see. I spent most of my Friday... 4th of July, actually, at a couple breweries here in Jersey. I I didn't do any fireworks bullshit or anything like that this year. I don't know. I, I think I did something last year. I don't even think it was on the 4th, but it, there are so many fireworks going off around here. I can see them in the reflection of the glass in my front door when I'm just sitting on the couch, so it, I don't need to go anywhere for that. But Friday, 4th of July, uh, pretty much throughout the entire day because it, it, it kind of turned into a road trip kind of thing going on. I, um, let's see, I went to two breweries here in Jersey, one in Atlantic Highlands and one in, um, shit, what was it, uh, Ocean Township. Uh, and of course I had my wife and kid in tow. Um, well, I'm a good parent. Come on. He, I don't know, he thought it was kind of cool. I was, you know, kind of trying to explain to him, this is where the beer's made. And he, he seemed to get a little handle on it. I mean, come on, he's only two and a half, so you can't expect too much. So the first one I went to was Carton Brewing in Atlantic Highlands. Um, let's see, it was a, about a little over an hour away from me. It made about, uh, I don't know, hour 15 or so. It's in a small, nondescript, 100-year-old building. I did the five-minute tour, and that was the regular tour for them. Uh, like I said, it's a small building, so not a lot of places to go. I uh, got to see the mashing, boiling, and fermenting tanks and all that. Um, the stocks of malts, uh, hops, 
everything there. Everything, you know, stacked up on pallets. Uh, the boiler there, they actually had a unique addic- uh, yeah, addic- ugh, addition. Yeah, Freudian slip there, addiction, you fucking alcoholic. A unique addition that they mentioned in the tour. It's a pipe that would vent the steam from the boiler back into the brewery so that the steam and the smell wouldn't leak out into the surrounding neighborhood. This is actually handy because they are literally right across the street from an elementary school. I am not kidding. Brewery, street, elementary school. Which makes me think that Atlantic Highlands is a very laid-back community, not losing their shit over a brewery, again, being literally across the street from an elementary school. Other places would lose their goddamn minds. So... Got, got to give some props to that that community there. After the tour, they uh, take you upstairs into the tasting room. You get a tasting of their boat beer after uh, the tour. And that's, that's free right there. And then for $5, that would get you tokens, which uh, they gave you poker chips with the carton logo on it, for five more tastings. I opted for the Monkey Chase the Weasel uh, Sour Mulberry Ale, the 077XX double IPA, the BDG American Brown Ale, that stands for um, Brunch Dinner Grub, and Carton of Milk, their Session Stout. Now, uh, Carton of Milk I had had before. I think I had had uh, 077XX before, too. Uh, not 100% sure, but I, I'm positive I had Carton of Milk at a festival before. Same festival I had their regular coffee, which I still fucking love and they did not have when I was there. And if you were keeping track there, that's only four, obviously. I held on to the last poker chip. I figured I can put it in my bottle cap shadow box. It'd, you know, be a nice contrast in there or whatever. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Plus, eh, I don't know. I, I was fine with four drinks. I mean, th- these were these were big pours. So, uh, you know, to the point where I, my wife had to start driving us around after that. I, I, I was in no condition to drive. Uh, I mean, I, I could have, but I don't want to tempt fate. Um, and I pretty much, I hung around other people sampling and buying there. It was nice, even in such a small area. It was a very cool atmosphere to be in, couches and everything. Um, again, like I said, small building, not, not a huge, huge area, but very, very cool. Behind the bar, they had all different kinds of growlers, uh, some different glasses. They had a cooler next to the bar that had the cans of their can release beers like Monkey Chase the Weasel. Uh, boat and zero uh, seven seven XX. Um, so I ended up getting a growler fill of carton of milk, cost me twenty bucks, as well as a couple four packs of Monkey Chase the Weasel pint cans, which are only available from the brewery. That was a big reason I went down there. I don't see a lot of stuff from carton in stores. So and Monkey Chase the Weasel, I really wanted to be able to try, and I think each four pack was like ten bucks on its own. So I I, I blew forty bucks there. It, it was a bit of a drive out there, but totally worth it. I have a feeling it won't be the last time I'm there. And I have a feeling next time I might not be able to resist all the merch that they got there. A lot of great Jersey-themed stuff. They, re- they really play into the whole local brewery thing. Um, then about 15 miles south of Carton in Ocean Township, New Jersey, was Cane Brewing. A very different building. It was actually occupying office space 
in an industrial park. The only identifying mark from the outside was a plain sign, um, like uh, on the like on the marquee list, alongside the other occupant of that particular building. I think it was like an ophthalmologist or something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I I believe it was some kind of doctor's office. So I had an initial tasting at the bar when I got in there. I had their Morning Bell Imperial Porter. I ended up getting a growler fill of that one. That was another 20 bucks. Um, let's see. Past the bar, outside into what looks like it was originally a loading dock or a warehouse or something. That's where that's what they purposed into the actual brewery. And that's where all the brewing equipment was, plus a few barrel aging brews. I don't remember offhand which beer was being aged there. But they had, uh, if I try and remember, probably at least, I don't know, uh, two or three dozen barrels sitting there aging. Um, they also had, let's see, uh, the entire area was stocked with like picnic tables for visitors, uh, another bar serving more tasting, some additional ones at that bar that aren't available at the first bar and also not available for growler fills either. On top of the initial tasting I had of the Morning Bell, I had two differently flavored versions of their Cloud Cover Wheat Beer. One was with raspberry. It was nicely tart. The other one was with blueberry, a lot more subtle. You don't even you didn't even pick up much aroma off of it, especially not like you did with the raspberry, but pretty good. The four-ounce tastings were $2, or you could get a flight of four for six. I just did three tastings. I, I didn't want to do a whole flight. Um, again, because I'm there with my wife and kid, and that don't you know look like father of the year there bringing my kid to a brewery at least at least at Kane there were some other young kids there I'd say maybe like eight or nine not as young as two and a half but still at Carton I may have gotten a few weird looks but it's not like I was letting him run ramp and I was hanging on to him the entire time so I'm still a good parent somewhat it may just be um I don't know scarring him for life in terms of beer but yeah he'll be fine he'll be fine uh, so next Saturday, going to do a, another brewery. This one is a lot closer, I think 20-something minutes away. Cricket Hill Brewing in Fairfield, New Jersey. I've mentioned Cricket Hill a bunch of times. Um, I'm going to be going there with my wife and my father-in-law. Cricket Hill is like his brewery that got him into craft brewing. So he's he's also very excited to go there. And uh, I, I have no idea what to expect, whether it'll be more like Carton, whether it'll be more like Kane, you know, basically, you know, old building or, you know, office building or some strange mix of the two. I don't know, but looking forward to that. Obviously, I, I know I'm going to miss these great Jersey breweries when I finally move to Florida, whenever the fuck that happens, you know, no progress on the job front there, but whatever. Um, thankfully Florida has more than their share of great breweries. I'm looking forward to visiting Cigar City someday when I'm down there. Just all, all the other, you know, all the other places down there. I picked up a few other things to fill my fridge, some in uh, six packs, some in singles while I was finishing up some packs for, uh, for Brent and Scrams, which thankfully I have finally finished. I just need to get, uh, Brent's all packed up to mail out and then, uh, Scrams, uh, well, provided he's still coming to the live event, uh, I can just give him his. That'll save me a little bit of cash there. Uh, so stuff I picked up. Uh, 21st Amendment, Hell or High Watermelon, always perfect in the summer. And I always got to get at least one six-pack. Um, 
each summer, if if not if not a couple. One of my favorites there. Um, and damn it, it, it makes me pissed that I missed getting a growler of Shipyard's Melonhead because that's another great watermelon one. And for some reason, I just I I skipped on it the last time I was uh it was there for growler fills, and I have not seen it anywhere since. Uh, let's see. I also got uh, Keegan Ale's Mother's Milk, another favorite on the show. I got three bottles of this, one for myself and the other two for Brent and Scrams. I got Dewclaw Morgasm. I think might have been the second time I had seen this one. It's a grapefruit zested blonde ale, and I always like trying new stuff from Dewclaw. I'm actually, I've had it, uh, I have it in my ice bucket uh, for tonight, so I will probably get to that. Uh, God damn, I did get a lot this weekend. Jesus. Uh, a bottle of Hebrew Dry Hop Session Ale. That's another thing that's in my ice bucket right now. It's the first beer I've gotten from Schmaltz. And I figured I've been reporting on new stuff from them a little bit more frequently in recent weeks. So I figured I, I got to get something from them, kind of dip my toe in there. Um, and I just grabbed it to round out the build of six that Mother's Milk and Morgasm was in. Also got... Oscar Blues Old Chub Nitro, uh, four-pack of pint cans with a nitro widget, which makes me very happy. Pours just as beautifully as canned Guinness. It's a great Scotch ale. I had the regular version at the New York City Craft Beer Fest, and I had pretty much been on the search for the nitro version since then. Then um, the beer I'm actually drinking right now, Victory's Moving Parts IPA, batch number one. Mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago. Saw it at the store when I was there. It was only five bucks for a bomber, so not too bad a price. Usually, when you know when the bombers are eight, nine, ten bucks, you know, on average, and it's good. I mean, um, Victory they they tend to their IPAs tend to be a little bit spicier than other ones, and I I like it. I I am shocked, more shocked than anybody that I'm really starting to genuinely enjoy IPAs. Now, I'm still not at that stage where some people are, where it's, you know, the hoppier, the better. No, it, too much hoppiness, just, it, it takes me out of it. Just, it, it, it burns me out way too quickly. But this one, just the right amount. Um, let me see if there's stats on the bottle for this. 7.1% ABV. I don't know if there is a IBU count on here. I don't think there is. Ah... Uh, but let me see if I can find it on Beer Advocate because you never know. They may have it on there. God damn it. I hate, I don't know if I've ever complained about this before, but I hate the fact that my floor in here is completely uneven. They, they, they laid a carpet over, like, I, I think they laid concrete on this floor, but it was over rock, and they didn't chip away all the rock. So then they laid the rug over the concrete and I, dips and bows and everything in different areas. Okay, moving parts IPA. Uh, oh, fuck you. Come on, beer advocate. You know what I'm looking for. Ugh. There, moving parts 01. Uh, rated 85. Is there any IBU on this one? Of course not, because that would, that would only help me with this conversation here. Um... And you know what? Maybe maybe a reason I like this one too. Uh, one of the reviewers on here said it's a bit on the malty side for an IPA. Showcases the German malts. Um, 
damn, I, let me see. I think there's a description on the bottle here. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. This first batch blended whole flower hops from the U.S., U.K., and Germany with German malts to create an IPA featuring citrus and piney notes. For us, moving parts are a good thing. Ha-ha. And I definitely do get the, the pininess from it, but the, the maltiness is there too. I think I think I actually needed a IPA that specifically referred to itself as piney to be able to really identify that that flavor because as I've mentioned weeks before I, I I suck with articulating specific flavors and flavor profiles in beers I can, I can get the generalizations but when it comes to the details that's a little rough uh, last thing actually second to last thing I found some of the dogfish head brats at Whole Foods. Um, I picked up the raison d'etre ones. I'm going to pair them with some dogfish head uh, 90-minute IPA when I make them for dinner, probably at some point this week. Um, and I know I had mentioned those a long while back. Um, back, I think, around the same time I had mentioned the uh, hardtack chowder and the um, the hot pickle which I found at the Garden State Brewfest. And actually, initially, I was going to... I went to Whole Foods to find both the pickles and the brats. Only found the brats. Kind of disappointed. I only have, like, two pickle slices left. And if you have a Whole Foods in your area, take a look for it. Dogfish... It's actually... It's labeled under Brooklyn Brine. And it's called Hop Pickle. It's got a nice, spicy kick to it at the back end. But it's got some of that hop bitterness in it, and it, it actually really works in a pickle. Even, even my wife liked it, and she's very specific with the kinds of pickles she'll eat. She only um, she'll, she won't eat ones that are not in the refrigerated section to start with. I think the, the, the ones that I had to get her, they were Clausen's uh, Hearty Garlic Sandwich Slices. So kind of tells you how specific she is with it. But she she liked these too. If you like pickles, check it out. If you like if you like pickles and you like beer and IPAs, then definitely give it a shot. The brats, I'm I'm very curious about how those will turn out. Um and it said on the package to pair it with 90 minute IPA, so that's why I'm that's why I'm doing that. Um Oh, and also I, I couldn't resist and I I ate most of the um Liquor-infused ice creams from Tipsy Scoop in Brooklyn. Uh, I, I kind of knew I wasn't going to have the willpower to hold on to that, but shockingly, 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 when I when I uh, stepped on the scale Monday morning, I had lost three pounds and like a percent and a half of uh, body weight. It was or body weight, body fat percentage. It was very, very surprising. I did not expect it whatsoever. But anyway. Yeah, I, I just about finished them off. I, I have maybe about half a cup of two of them and then most of another. Um, the Midori Sour Sorbet, that's survived mostly unscathed, and that's just because as a sorbet, it froze a lot harder than the ice creams did, so I'm like really scraping off the top of it. Um, it'll be one of those things where I'll probably sit down with the actual container in my lap and I'm just slowly scraping. Think, think like Italian ice. It's kind of like the way you got to eat Italian ice with that one. But for those that missed me um, mentioning those, I, I think I mentioned them a couple weeks in a row actually. Um, the other two flavors were strawberry rhubarb bourbon and a spiked coffee. 
the bourbon and the strawberry rhubarb bourbon really came through nicely, just enough to get that flavor, but not to overpower the flavor of the strawberry or the subtle hint of tartness from the rhubarb. It was really nice and light and balanced. It 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 it, it, well, it didn't kick you in the face with the flavor. You got just the right amount of bourbon there. And then the spiked coffee, that makes me actually want to try and make my own coffee Kahlua ice cream in the future because that's very much what this one reminded me of. It was very, very good, and I'm sure my wife would have liked it if she wasn't currently expecting. I offered her a teeny tiny taste, and she rejected it, so it's her fault. But after we have our kid, I'll probably see if... I think, I think well, no, shit, we used to have an ice cream maker. Uh, I'm going to have to do it uh, the old-fashioned way and make it, well, sans ice cream maker. Either that or I'll just get some coffee ice cream and pour some Clue in it and tell her, hey, look, I made Clue ice cream. Haha. <laughs> speaking of beer and ice cream, I came across an article today, in fact, where Victory Brewing now has their own line of ice creams. <laughs> what a connection. I was talking about ice, uh, alcohol ice cream that I had had, and I'm also drinking a beer from Victory. So it, it's almost a segue. I'm getting better at this. <sighs> so they got three flavors. Hopped Up Devil, Triple Monkey, and Storm Drop. It's made with wort from their um, their very own brews, which is the non-alcoholic liquid that results from the brewing of malted barley, in case you needed a glossary definition there for you, and fresh brandy wine water. It provides a combination of flavors reminiscent of their Hop Devil, Storm King, and Golden Monkey. Now, the Hopped Up Devil, like I said, based on the Hop Devil IPA, um, they use the wort from that beer. It marries cinnamon, cayenne, organic coffee, and luscious chocolate flakes to create a cold, sweet, velvety treat with a kick. And see, there you go, some of that cinnamon, the cayenne, kind of going for the, the the spiciness that they like in their IPAs. Then there's Storm Drop, featuring the wort from Storm King Imperial Stout. I know I've had that uh, particular stout before. They blend deep chocolate drops against a creamy, chocolatey stout base. Then the last one, and this sounds delicious, Triple Monkey, using Victory's popular Golden Monkey, combines full-flavored banana and a delicious pecan swirl. Now I know some people will say you should not mix beer and ice cream, but I personally think the combination of the two are fucking brilliant, and fuck you if you think otherwise. Beer is delicious. Ice cream is delicious. Beer and ice cream are delicious together. Um, they've been making this at their own brew pub for years. They're now marketing it out to retail in the greater Philly area. Um, and they're going to be available for purchase at Kimberton Whole Foods, Shady Brook Farm, and the Victory Retail Outlet. I believe they started selling them the uh, end of June, if I remember correctly. Ugh, hold on, let me adjust myself my seat here. I can never get fucking comfortable. Fucked up my ankle last week. Uh, walking through a parking lot. Figure that one out. Run five miles a day and walking through a parking lot. I fucked my ankle up. Mm. Um, let's see. News from thedrinksbusiness.com. They are always a good source of little stories for me. Apparently there is now according to a study, a science to pairing beer with music. Uh, let me go to the article here for that. Um, 
Listening to the right kind of music while drinking a beer can enhance its taste, according to an award-winning beer writer and Oxford professor. Whereas listening to alcohol by volume while drinking your beer will probably ruin its taste, right? Grunge rock anthems such as the Pixies' 1989 hit Debaser suit a bubbly Belgian ale, while Debussy's classical Claire de Lune works better with a Chimay Trappist ale. That's according to beer writer Pete Brown and Charles Spence, professor of experimental psychology at Oxford University, who believes that listening to a certain type of music while drinking a beer will alter its taste. Um... Let's see. The comments follow one of the largest ever multi-sensory experiments carried out by Charles Spence, professor of experimental psychology at Oxford University and head of the cross-modal research laboratory in which 3,000 people's reactions to taste, sound, and light were studied. The study found that change in both color and sound while drinking can immediately affect the taste of wine by nearly 10%. Now, what does 10% mean? I, I there's there's like no indicator there affecting the taste of wine by 10%. Again, what the what the hell does that 10% mean? 10% better, 10% worse, 10% grapeier? I I don't know. Uh, speaking to the drinks business last month, Professor Charles Spence said, we were astonished to see that color and sound have such a profound effect on the taste of wine. We knew an effect was likely, but the results went far beyond what we were hoping for. Conducting the world's largest multisensory experiment meant that we were able to unequivocally show, unequivocally, sorry, show for the first time that color and sound together have a far greater effect on people's taste perceptions than light by itself. And then the theory was applied to beer at a recent beer and music matching at the Michelin-starred Indian restaurant Quilon, during which Brown paired six beers and five pieces of music chosen to suit the beer style and enhance its flavor. Now, the music selections in this article, I didn't, uh, not that they felt pretentious necessarily, but they didn't seem as accessible as they could have been, I guess. Um, like, at least, you know, depending on who you are at least two of these are you know relatively common but i don't know um and i'm not saying they should have paired with like creed or nickelback good god no but maybe you know maybe something contemporary modern like foo fighters i was surprised they didn't do any beatles in this list and i'm not even a beatles fan in the least but this was an interesting study anyway um they had uh two u.s wheat beers goose island um uh 312 Oh, shit. It's 312, isn't it? God damn. Scrams is going to get me for that. Ugh. Or is it 312? No, I don't remember anymore. Mm. Now, now, I, now I just... Ugh. Brain's fucking broken. I, I've been off from work this week, so my mind's been in shutdown mode. And uh, Blue Moon, in addition to Goose Island 312. It's 312. It's Goose Island 312, I know that. They uh, had it paired with Neil Young's Harvest Moon. Uh, both wheat beers suggested lazy summer evenings, the sun draining slowly over the distant skyline, and Blue Moon edged ahead through its and the music's richly sweet timber and notes of dreamy melancholia. Mm, nothing against Neil Young, but um, I don't know. I almost think I, I almost think something something better could have been chosen there, only because I mean, you know, all all respect to Neil Young, but he's a horrible singer. 
go maybe if you just go with the music and not the singing i don't know um i'm trying i'm trying to think of um oh fuck um god damn it why am i why am i blanking on his name and I think I think another another artist that would have worked for this, uh, Nick Drake, Nick Drake would probably pair very well with U.S. Wheat Beers. Going by this comparison here, and if you don't know Nick Drake, uh, look up the song "Pink Moon" on YouTube, and you'll you'll instantly know uh, who I'm talking about. Belgian blonde ale Duvel paired with the Pixies Debaser. The grunge band's hyperventilating guitar and surrealist lyrics set against Duvel's frenetic blonde bubbles and throat-grabbing, lip-wiring flavors, Brown added. I'd like to think both the beer and the track are a little bit intoxicating, dangerous, and thrilling. And I will admit, I have not listened to a lot of Pixies in my life. Um, I know I've run across some on compilations and things like that. So I can't really I can't really bag on the Pixies at all because I know they were instrumental in... A, you know a lot of the bands that I've listened to over the years. This band I have n- never fucking heard of. Uh, I will either get everybody agreeing with me or I will get ripped apart for this. Um, the beer, first of all, is Leafman's Cuvée Brute Cherry Beer. The song Voodoo Rays, a guy called Gerald. I have no idea who the fuck Voodoo Ray is. Not a clue. Not a clue. So they describe here an early Acid House single incorporating the muffled voices of Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, Pete's theory that being that sour pairs with high-pitched dissonant sounds. The idea with this pairing is that both uh, is that both demonstrate real quirky character without being too extreme. Well then, wouldn't this pair up with something like Skrillex just as well, honestly? Probably. Um, Apex Twin. Um... I'm trying to think of like other stuff I listened to in the past. Um, ah, fuck. Um, God damn it! I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna blank. I, I I'm blanking after Apex Twin, but yeah, I think you kind of see where I'm going with that. Then the last one on here: Chimay Blue Trappist Ale and Fuller's Majestic Vintage Ale 2011. They had two songs here: Debussy's Claire de Lune and I thought this was a nice choice. Jimi Hendrix is all along the watchtower. He said, these darker, heavier, more complex beers paired synergistically with the contemplative mood of the music. That sounds needlessly fancy. Brown added, both beers and tracks are complex and multi-layered, swooping and diving around your consciousness. To be honest, I, I personally think any beer is good to drink with, you know, recording of all along the watchtower, but maybe that's just me. Um, actually, another link I just pulled up on the sidebar here. Let me see if this is uh, anything interesting. This this actually came from the end of June, but um, ancient beer poem turned into comic. Uh, an 124-year-old poem about a mysterious beer brewed by an ancient Scottish tribe has been transformed into a graphic novel ahead of this year's Glasgow Comic-Con convention. Um, this is, again, from the drinksbusiness.com. The Heather Ale, written by Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, he of Treasure Island fame, in 1890 tells the tale of a sought-after beer brewed by a tribe during the Iron Age. Stevenson, a celebrated Scottish novelist, poet, essayist, and travel writer, was responsible for literary grades, Treasure Island, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. 
In the poem, the ale, as desirable as it was, becomes the focus of an invasion by the King of Scots, resulting in a bloody massacre and the loss of the brew's recipe. The tale has now been turned into a comic with the help of Glasgow Comic-Con event organizer and comic book publisher Blackhearted Press and its sponsor, William Brothers Brewing Company. Um, that's actually that's actually kind of cool. And um going to be 500 limited edition copies available by the 2014 Glasgow Comic-Con. I don't know if that's already happened yet or not. Um, and I see Alan in the chat. Uh, hello there, Alan. Um, actually, Paige from the from the comic. You know, kind of general, but looks, you know, stylistically it looks cool enough, and the subject matter works for me. Uh, I actually got two more things here from the drinks business. They were, they were uh, knocking out of the park this week. And this one, I don't know, kind of angered me a little. Not angered, but just annoyed me. $120 truffle beer comes to New York. A beer infused with black truffles is aiming to make its way into New York's best restaurants with a per-bottle price of over $120 U.S. Now, I think High Society Radio is getting ripped off here. They wanted to do truffle vodka, and lo and behold, truffle beer comes along in New York. I think they may have some sort of case for this. Um... So from the article, uh, according to the New York Post, Moody Tongue's brewing, Moody Tongue Brewing's shaved black truffle pilsner was created by the brewery's founder Jared Rubin, who was originally a chef by training. First batch of beer is very small; only 40 barrels or 80 kegs, and the truffles infused in the beer were each shaved by hand by Rubin. I spent several all-nighters shaving truffles, he told the Post. Imagine, separ- imagine separating egg yolks from egg whites by the hundreds. Okay, labor of love here, manual labor for this. You start to understand the cost a little more. Truffles are expensive in the first place. He put a lot of work into this. And I I fully acknowledge that Ruben put a lot of personal effort into this. Something about this beer still rubs me the wrong way. Whenever I think truffles, I I think of wealthy people who don't think twice about dropping, you know, $100, $200, $500 on a single glass of wine and will not hesitate to spit out said wine. Um, I, I don't get that mentality existing in my beer world. Yes, I know there are the rare beers out there that people pay a fortune for, but mm, that, that's, you know, that, that's the exception to the rule usually. I mean, I, I would think you'd see that probably more predominantly in the wine world, um, whereas, you know, Great beers can be had by the six-pack just about anywhere. Um, you know, yeah, you got your rare ones, but great ones are still easily, easily available. I guess you could say the same for wine, but there, there, there's there's a certain mentality when it comes to that. Um, that said, this guy has apparently worked for Goose Island in the past, and he is a celebrated chef. So I'll defer to his talent here. I'll let better people than I judge and shell out money for that beer. I know I'm never going to get a taste of it anyway. Um, let's see. It. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, he, he's this Reuben guy. He makes what he calls culinary beers, which on the brewery's website is described as a new genre that forges a connection between brewing and cooking. Now, uh, see... It almost seems like he's trying to come across as a pioneer with certain ingredients, whereas he is not a pioneer. Um, 
These beers share many of the flavor and aromatic characteristics found in wines and ciders. Uh, yeah, we see that in a lot of beers. But are balanced with a variety of hop and malts found in traditional beer styles. Yeah, you're describing so many different kinds of releases out there. Other beers have seen ingredients such as watermelon. Huh, I have watermelon beer in my fridge. Raspberries. Huh, I had some of that on Friday. Coffee. Got some of that in my fridge. Tea. Well, I had some of that at a festival. Honey. Same thing with that. Uh, rhubarb. Got that in my liquor-infused ice cream. And then peas. Okay, that's a new one on me, so I'll give him that. Uh, the beer debuted last month at the Michelin-starred Columbus Circle, where it was paired with a roasted bitter chocolate, truffle black pudding, Jesus Christ, with brioche cream, walnut floss, and green almonds. <sighs> you get to a certain point in a culinary career when it's not about making the food anymore. It's about making something that people will just talk about. And, ooh, isn't that interesting? Isn't that creative? I mean, even even on Top Chef, they don't seem to go that... F- Walnut floss? Seriously? Ugh. And believe me, I, I, I love... I love food. I love cooking. Again, I, I, I love watching Top Chef whenever it's on because I love the creativity they uh, um, exercise there. But uh, I don't know. This just seems one of those... One of those culinary experiences that... Oh, you know... What is it, you know? Oh, no, 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 you don't taste the food. You can touch it, but don't taste it. That's the experience. That kind of bullshit stuff. That's almost what this seems like, but... Maybe it's just me. I will also welcome Marianne to the chat. I see her in there. The chat has been the chat has been very quiet this evening, so I've been kind of tabbing back and forth. Uh, last one I got from thedrinksbusiness.com. The world's biggest beer poured for the Tour de France. I actually got an image here of said beer, which looks goddamn delicious. And, whoa. I apologize if this posts sideways in the chat. Again, chat more like radio.com slash live. But okay, good. Didn't for some reason when I was when I was mousing over it, it was showing up sideways. It was very odd. The fleece, uh, let's see, uh, the, uh, da, 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 da. the old dictum of go big or go home was certainly the theme in one Yorkshire pub this weekend as they marked the opening of the Tour de France by pouring what is reported to be the world's largest glass of beer. The fleece countryside inn in the village of Ripondin near Halifax, Yorkshire played host to the epic brew to mark Le Grand Depart that took place in the northern English county on Saturday, July 5th. Oh, excuse me. And at 3,664 pints, one for each kilometer of the race, the organizers topped the previous record of 2,638 pints achieved in California in 2009. Uh, they had to climb up scaffolding to... Top it off, uh, it was with locally brewed Stodfold's Gold Ale, and thousands of spectators looked on. They managed to fill it to the brim with time to spare before racers sped through the village for the second stage of the Tour de France on Sunday. Angus Wood, co-founder of Stodfold 
Brewing Company, which produces the Pale Ale and Mastermind at the World Record bid, said, We thought it would be a great way to toast the success of the Tour de France's Yorkshire leg. We're so pleased we beat the record. The race has been fantastic. We managed to fill the giant glass to the top before the Tour rode past the pub. Ah. And let's see. A couple more things before I, uh, before I swing out to break. This was an article I, I really liked. It's something I would really like to be able to do. Realistically, I don't see myself having said finances or area or whatnot to be able to do this. Um, you know, we live in a shithole of a house right now. Um, we have no idea what living situation is going to be like in Florida if we ever make it there. Uh, no idea what my money situation is going to be like. But anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. It's still a cool idea, and perhaps some of you may like to do this thing. A new trend of bar sheds is replacing the horribly named man caves. Bar shed doesn't sound nearly as cringy as man cave, so I'm, 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 I'm totally behind this already. Uh, what comes to mind when you hear the phrase bar shed, and I got this from uh, kegworks.com, by the way, I want to give credit where it's due. I'm guessing many of you have never heard that phrase. It's so simple, yet until I saw my first one, I'd never heard of them, let alone seen one. It's pretty genius, right? When a friend of mine sent me a picture a few weeks ago, I was blown away. How have I never thought of this? I wondered. You've got a private area, outdoors yet still covered, disconnected from your regular living space, an attainable retreat at almost any time. It's perfect. And I'll post the uh, picture in the chat of um, what he's talking about here. From what I've gleaned, the trend started in the UK with community gardens, where everyone's given an allotment to grow fresh fruit and vegetables. Oftentimes, these allotments have sheds for storing gardening tools and whatnot. Naturally, folks started enjoying a quick beer or cocktail in these sheds, and eventually a few people gathered. Many happy hours casually formed, and from there, the natural evolution of bar sheds began. Well, apparently, there is a website in the UK called Reader Sheds. It serves as a hub for, quote, sheddies. Ugh. Okay, this is getting bad now. Uh, to share thoughts and pictures of their, their bar sheds. Uh, the pub page is home to 350 different pub sheds, as they call them, uh, displayed in digital photo albums. Um, let's see. Rise of this trend in the UK. Uh, when the indoor smoking ban came into force in 2007, I saw a steady increase in the number of pub sheds added to my website. But for years and years, people have always had a quick beer in their sheds on allotments. So we're looking at over seven years in the UK, and now it's starting to pick up steam in the US as well. Many home brewers use their sheds on brew day and refer to the space as a brew shed. And of course, we've all seen a backyard shed fitted with tiki decor, and I've, I've seen that in some places. Um, let's see, there's another... Duh, 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 duh. Um, another example here. This isn't... Well, you know what? That, that I don't think that one counts, because that just looks more like a patio that has a bar attached to it. Um... This is a good one here. Um, you can't really see inside it, but you get the general idea. You can see a little bit inside, but completely self-contained unit. You're 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 taking a shed and you're you're building a bar into it. Um, there's a a fucking beautiful one here. I'm just about to paste into the chat. Uh, let's see. It actually looks like a little bar. I mean, it's lit on the inside and everything. It, 
fucking gorgeous. Um, my problem is I, I don't have the construction skill to actually build the shed proper, so I'd probably need a pre-built shed, something like that. Um, so I'd say in the article here, uh, now that you're convinced and you've realized you need a bar shed for your backyard parties this summer, what's next? Well, first, do you have an operational shed in your yard? If not, you may need to look in either buying a pre-made shed. You see, that would be that would be me. That would be me. Or building one yourself. Many places will deliver the shed right to your home. Once you have the structure up, it's time to outfit. That's where we come in. I don't think we need to tell you about all the awesome bar furniture, tools, and decor they carry. Um, okay, I guess they have a man cave shop. So they said basically anything from their man cave shop on kegworks.com. Would work well in a bar shed. The setup and theme is, of course, up to you. Should be enough to whet your appetite. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I, oh, something like this would be perfect for me, not just as a bar shed, but as a, like a, a secondary, like, like a separate office for me. If I have electricity out there, if I have some form of, even rudimentary climate control. Uh, you know, make sure no water or anything is getting in. Fuck. Set up, set up a smaller bar. You know, um, beer fridge and everything. Hell, maybe one day get to set up a tap. And then have a desk for my computer, for my mixer, my microphone and everything. Have you know be able to do my editing out in the shed? I mean, uh, this is this. I would love this. I would especially if I could lock it from the inside and not have to worry about anybody fucking bothering me. Oh, I want goddamn bar shed now. Okay, one more little thing here, and I had a problem getting this article up before, but okay, good, got it now. Um, this is from Popular Science. I admit I did not realize Popular Science uh, was still around. Oh, Marianne says Texi has a shed that he does the red from. See, that that is a situation I would fucking love. I remember when when we were still house hunting here in Jersey. Um, there was there was one house that had kind of, it was it was a pseudo furnished shed, but I don't think they had weather sealed it properly. Um. And my mother-in-law was all gung-ho, like, oh, Kevin can have his office out here. And I'm thinking, not without a lot of work to this thing because if moisture hits my computer, I'm fucked. But ugh, this is something I would love to do. Maybe someday. Maybe maybe in Florida. Maybe if I somehow come across money one of these days. Oof. That'll just be a dream of mine for now. So... This article from Popular Science, this has to do with glasses that make beer taste better. If you're in the chat and you see the image I just posted there, you may be uh, familiar with the one on the right there. I actually have that glass, got it from Left Hand Brewing and Spiegelau. Um, so that's why I particularly found this article interesting. And obviously, we, we, know, we know that drinking from a glass, you get more of the elements of the beer out than you do drinking from the bottle. I mean, hell, the the beer I'm drinking right now, I'm, I'm pouring it into a glass, whereas I could just very easily drink it from the bottle. But I don't know. I, I've, I, I've, I've been into drinking from glassware lately. 
especially with IPAs because I just I seem to get a better taste out of it. But anyway, from the article here, brewers spend years perfecting a chocolatey stout or balanced IPA, but when it comes to showcasing their craft, a pint glass serves about as well as a bucket. And this is true. A pint glass is not one size fits all for stuff. So the glassmakers at Spiegelau created a line of beer-specific glassware. Uh, obviously, I mentioned the stout one, but if you're looking at the image in the chat, the one on the left is the IPA one, which I was not familiar they had. Um, main difference between the two is that uh, the IPA one is a little bit taller and the the base of the IPA one is kind of ridged. Well, the purpose of these glasses is to keep them cold longer and to keep them keep the head retention longer. Now, first of all, with IPAs, that particular glass will make them fizzier. The article says bubbles form at nucleation sites such as imperfections in glass. The IPA glass is a ribbed base which boosts surface area and with it potential sites so bubbles can form over the life of the pour. So you're getting you're getting a you know fizzier IPA. Uh, enhanced aroma, like I mentioned. The curved bowl of the IPA glass directs hops aroma, which accounts for up to 75% of beer's taste, into your nostrils. Beer lands on the middle of the tongue so it hits more taste buds. And then the stout one, for a frothier stout, when beer pours over the edge of the bowl and into the base, turbulence froths nitrogen into the stout signature head. With every sip, the angled base recreates the initial pour, reviving the fizz. This was the part that I found very interesting. Um, I'm always worried about breaking my stout glass from Spiegelau because it is really, really thin glass, and I'm worried that I'm accidentally going to clink it on the uh, the faucet or something like that, or I'm, I'm going to clink it against something a little bit too hard when I'm putting the dish strainer. Well, they're talking that the thinner glass provides for uh, temperature retention of the beer, keeping it colder. The more quartz there is in a glass, the thinner it can be. Spiegelau uses almost pure quartz to make extremely thin walls, which will, it claims will keep beer colder longer. In the taste test that they had on Popular Science, beer poured into one of these glasses was 2.5 degrees Fahrenheit colder after five minutes than beer poured into a pint glass. And like I said, these, these glasses are are thin. I mean, to the point where the the lip of the glass, if it wasn't rounded off somewhat, I would worry that the damn thing would cut me. It is just, it, razor fucking thin. It's crazy. They finish up the article here, um, the problem with pint glasses. The straight walls of a pint let beer flood into the mouth, triggering an anti-drowning instinct that causes the tongue to press against the teeth. If this occurs, beer may not hit every type of taste bud. It could miss sweet ones and taste bitter. And to be fair there, I've, I've read updated studies about taste buds and how it's, it's kind of a misnomer with the whole locations of taste buds on the tongue. And, you know, this is the sour section, this is the sweet section. It's, it's, it's more in-depth than that. So they kind of generalize this. Um, a thick-walled pint glass has the potential to hold on to and therefore transfer more heat into a beverage than a glass with thinner walls. Warm beer traps less carbon dioxide than cold beer does, so tepid brews can lose their fizz faster. And see, it it surprises me that a thick-walled glass would lose the temperature 
quicker. I, I, cause I mean like, um, fuck start over there. You see all these, uh, uh, tumbler glasses where it's like, you know, double walled and everything. Well, you think, okay, that keeps the temperature inside the glass where it should be. So you might think a thick walled glass would do that better. It wouldn't, it wouldn't pick up, you know, the heat from my hand as well. And then I would think a thinner glass would transfer the heat from my hand more into the beer. I'm not a scientist, so I don't understand this shit. Popular science has science in the name, so I have no fucking clue. Uh, hey, P-Rock. P-Rock also in the chat from the Red Show. Wednesdays, 9 to 11. Check them out. Uh, but of course, as, as P-Rock enters, uh, we're about halfway through, so... Uh, and I gotta, I gotta take a piss. So, um, you know what? I'll, I'll be, I'll be back in uh, a few minutes here. Alcohol by Cheers. volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey, it's hey. oh, the name of the show. Hey, more like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this fit. Are you on appeal? I am drunk. Uh, I wouldn't be talking to you. Looking to go to the biggest internet radio live event on the eastern seaboard? Well, go to the second annual More Like Radio live event. A tribute to Otto Peterson. Saturday, August 9th, from 1 to 4 p.m. at Just Jake's in Montclair. Come see your favorite comedians and possibly Mersh if you could get a ride. $10 suggested donation. All proceeds will go to benefit the Otto Peterson family. August 9th, from 1 to 4 p.m. at Just Jake's in Montclair. Talk Radio Meltdown. I literally think I got an Instagram. I think I posted one, possibly two photos, and then I haven't touched the same. Both of beer. No, actually, uh, one of them was of uh, his I know balls. That I- <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> Talk radio meltdown every Friday from four to six p.m. Eastern on MoreLikeRadio.com. Hey, smokers, you stink! I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Hey, you feel classy on Monday nights? Welcome to the slip party. Yes! Listen to Marianne. Oh my god, I would take the shits over throwing up anytime. Uh, and Kitty. Yeah, and you know what I like doing is sucking the cream out. Wait, what the hell is this show about? That's a bad vagina. And I'm supposed to listen to this train wreck. Why? Their show is so funny. Oh my god. Well, uh, if you say so, Kitty. So, uh, when am I supposed to tune in? How about, like, a Monday night at 9? Okay, sounds good. Anything else I should know? Better out through the mouth than the butt, right? I think I'd rather have it out through the butt. They don't pay me enough to do this goddamn shit. Daytime Divas, Monday, 9 to 11 Eastern, only on More Like Radio. 
penis, 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 penis. Penis. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic, a drug addict. When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh my god. What are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now get, off <laughs> <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Mr. Turtle, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three. Three. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? The world may never know. I said three, motherfucker. The Shy Kids podcast. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific at morelikeradio.com. You know the way at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? We'll name check every country on the show That way no one can be mad How about that? I could do Swedish Oh yeah what? Birdie birdie <laughs> And to the Italians Papa the poopy Papa the poopy <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans Hey, hey man <laughs> uh, Spain <laughs> uh, Singapore <laughs> Amazing. Australians? Cockerel Doom Dark. No. You big loop, are you? No, that sounds That's like terrible. Limerick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slide off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. <laughs> Ali, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ali, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? Uh, wait a minute, Ali. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, what, you, uh, uh, what are you doing in my yard? I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> I just want to say that this snowstorm is a bunch of fucking bullshit. I'm going to 
check because the sound effect is about to run out. Hey guys, it's Halls from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio, Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL48 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL48. That's D-E-A-L-48 at adamandeve.com. Talk Radio Meltdown presents Chatty Wampus, a side project of Talk Radio Meltdown featuring me, Jack Gill, and Nicole Mossy. Oh my God! It's an hour of covering topics that we didn't get to during the most recent episode of Talk Radio Meltdown, but with a more focused approach, or at least... That's what we're trying to do. You can hear Chatty Wampus live on morelikeradio.com every Saturday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts of the show will be available at talkradiomeltdown.com. If you've already subscribed to Talk Radio Meltdown on iTunes, the new episodes of Chatty Wampus will be posted right there so you won't need to subscribe to a new feed. Talk Radio Meltdown presents Chatty Wampus every Saturday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. A ton of lineups stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. Morelikeradio.com Other internet radio stations are gay. Yeah, I like to party, I like to drink. I love, I love drinking. It's really my favorite thing. It's very enjoyable. <laughs> I, like, I like drinking because like nothing bothers me. Like I don't care. I can't be phased. If I'm sober and someone's like, dude, your car's on fire. I'm like, Fuck! Who did it? If I'm drunk, like, dude, your car's on fire. I'm like, good, fuck my car, bro. My car's a dick. Welcome back to Alcohol by Volume. You're on more like radio.com. Ah. If you want to call in, the number is 862-345-7125. And the Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, all one word. In case you had not heard, Crumb's Bake Shop is filed for, uh, I believe, Chapter 7. Uh, was it Bankruptcy Liquidation? No more cupcakes from them. Um... And like I mentioned in the chat, I prefer neighborhood bakeries out here for cupcakes. There, there are a few good ones. I, I will give I will give one in particular major props. Sweet Lucy's in Morristown, New Jersey. They do a fantastic red velvet. Now Marianne says she's never had a good red velvet. They all taste yucky to her. This place does them right. Oh, 
and I've had some really bland and nasty red velvet, but they they do, they do it well, and they do. They they don't just do cupcakes there. They do um, like kind of like fruit bars. At one point, I think they did like a rhubarb fruit bar. They do cookies. They do whoopie pies. They do mini whoopie pies. They oh god oh and we 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 got a whole setup of these for what was it for Dean's second birthday I think it was I think it was for Dean's second birthday um they're grasshopper bars they they have the consistency of like fudge though if you if you like grasshoppers you know the um you know Keebler grasshopper cookies and stuff um oh but they're they're very very rich so good though um Ah, Pirock says Red Velvet's among the very few cakes that he eats. He's not a sweets guy. I, I, I've gotten I've gotten very picky when it comes to cupcakes lately, uh, especially with all the all the different cupcake shops popping up. Too many of them tried to, I don't know, go too gimmicky. I like a cupcake with filling, but only if it's done right and in the proper amount. Um. I'm not a huge fan of buttercream frosting. Too many places rely on that. I need I need a fluffier, light frosting. Uh, and and too too many fucking cupcakes sit like a goddamn brick in the bottom of your stomach after you eat them. I need a light, fluffy cupcake. And there are some places out here that do that. The aforementioned Sweet Lucy's is one of them. Um, however, I don't eat cupcakes all that often because I'm scared of becoming fat, Kev again. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Rock says Scrambler likes cuck cakes. <laughs> high five Scram or uh, high five P Rock, goddamn. God damn it. Eh, Scrambler's not in the chat, so eh, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised. He must be on the road or something. Um Oh, and if anybody wants to um laugh at me this Friday, I I don't know why I signed up for this. But um I, I, I signed up for a hockey tournament on Friday. Uh kind of a prelude to possibly joining a deck hockey league. Uh, so there's a tournament on Friday night at 9.30 in Morristown, New Jersey. And I may just completely make an ass out of myself. I have not played hockey in over 10 years. I am going to have to find a parking lot somewhere and just practice my stick handling and everything. Haha, <laughs> stick handling. I got a pair, got a new pair of hockey gloves on the desk next to me. I still have my old street hockey stick here. This will either be a resounding success, and I'll be very happy, and I will actually be in a league for the next eleven weeks, or I will, um, I will make a complete ass out of myself. And now I've ruined Marianne because now she wants a cupcake. I'm sorry, Marianne. I know. Ugh. I had a cookie yesterday, and I kind of regretted it because it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. It was a, it was marketed as a lemon cooler cookie, and it was a more large cookie from a convenience store, and it was good, but it wasn't everything I was expecting, honestly. <sighs> I could go on and on about sweets, but um, thankfully, thankfully, uh, my my wife is cutting out uh, the the snacking and sweets in the house. Um, just because she's uh, ramping up to the the end stages of uh, her pregnancy and the whole 
I, I'm not going to get into the whole deal with it, but she needs to, you know, cut her sugar intake, cut her carb intake, all that kind of stuff. You know, she's taking her blood sugar and all that kind of stuff. Um, so no more sweets in the house. She's not going out and getting, you know, you know, chocolate bars and everything. Cause you know, if she wants peanut butter M&Ms, well, apparently I have to add peanut butter M&Ms as well. So I'm feeling better about that now. And that, that probably helped me with the, you know, losing of the last three pounds over the last couple of weeks and the body fat percentage. And we're still talking about cupcakes and I don't know why it's just torture, right? Um, and also today, God damn it. I, I killed another fucking pair of Bluetooth headphones. It's the third goddamn pair I've, I've killed. I, I killed two of another kind. This new pair I paid a hundred and fucking 50 bucks for and thank god they're under warranty but apparently the company is a real bitch about getting in touch with them for warranty repair so i'm gonna have a fun time with that but anyway let me get back to let me get back to actual beer news um god damn it um i guess you know what where the fuck is that link hold on let me check in my bookmarks i know i had it in here um and i know somebody Damn it! Some somebody sent it to me on uh, on Facebook too, and I'm sorry that I do not remember who. But you know what? I want to give proper credit here. So let me uh, let me hit up the ABV Facebook group. Which well, if you are not there, started at Target Field uh, yesterday, Sunday. Uh, be a oh God damn it! Let me see here. Yeah, this is the story, uh, and uh, cool. they decided to jump in with an autoplay video. Fuck you, ESPN. I'm like, did I suddenly connect Skype or something? What the hell just happened there? Uh, let's see. Alcohol by volume. It is at facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. This was from our good friend, white ass Brent. So at target field in Minneapolis, self serve, self serve beer stations are making their debut. The machines called draft serve are a partnership between concessionaire Delaware North and Anheuser-Busch. And Oh God. Yeah. That's why that, video came up and surprised the hell out of me uh i didn't have my uh windows based mixer up my my power mixer software what the hell's wrong with me Uh, let's mute chrome there Eh, that's a better idea ah um okay yeah partnership between concessionaire delaware north and anheuser-busch now of course you think oh anheuser-busch fuck this is gonna suck Eh, give it a second here. The same bad. The All-Star festivities next week, they're going to be serving as a good test as to the success of the system. Fans attending Twins games can go to a cash register, show their ID, and preload a $10 or $20 card for the All-Star game. A $50 card will be available. So you got four different beer choices in this particular situation at Target Field. Bud and Bud Light, okay, kind of expected. Will cost thirty-eight cents per ounce. Yes, they are doing it by the ounce, which is smart, and this actually does work out. And then the other two beers they got: Shock Top Lemon Shandy. Okay, not craft. Goose Island Three One Two Urban Pale Ale. I will still consider Goose Island craft, even though others will not. Uh, those are going to be forty cents per ounce. So, when it comes down to it, even for the Shock Top or the Goose Island. That's less than five bucks for a twelve ounce beer at a baseball game. That is not a bad deal at all. I mean, even even the Goose Island three one two falls under the five five dollar threshold. The Shock Top falls under. I think the the Bud and Bud Light it's closer to like four fifty something like that. So if that's more your speed, um, 
and I, I think back to the last uh, beer I bought at a sporting event. I mean, I, I bought like a Molson at a Devils Red Wings game, and I think I paid eight, nine dollars for that fucking thing. Um, I don't even think it was. I, I think it was twelve ounces too. I don't even think it was a fucking pint. So I mean, this price is fantastic. I'd love to see something like this, you know, working its way into other areas. Because if if you look at it anyway, Budweiser, Anheuser Busch, they already have a stranglehold on beers in most arenas anyway. Um, and who's to say that other like Sam Adams couldn't try and get into the game with this and actually add in other craft brewers into their into their mix there? But um, it allows people to pour what amount they want. If you only want half a cup, you can go for it. Employees will still be present checking IDs at the machines for anyone who looks less than 30. So, I'd probably get carded, yes. Uh, well, it uh, depends if I've shaved or not. I haven't gotten carded lately. The power of the beard. Um, and also the power of having a kid in your cart. That seems to work usually, too. Uh, the machine allows a customer to use the card to pour up to 48 ounces of beer every 15 minutes. Now, theoretically... Being able to get as much as four cans worth every 15 minutes. I don't necessarily see it happening in those intervals. Someone who gets a 48-ounce pour isn't going to be heading back down every 15 minutes for more. You're going to be watching the game. And if you're not, you're an alcoholic and you're a shitty alcoholic because you're spending more than you need to at a baseball game that you're clearly not watching. Um... But it, it, it's good for them to have a limit with this, even if it seems a bit liberal on the surface. So I'd, I'd like to see them uh, make, make make their way around with these units. Again, Anheuser-Busch has a stranglehold everywhere. I mean, we'd love craft beer in all the arenas. It's not realistic at this point in time. So, I mean, even the ability to have something like Shock Top and Goose Island. Goose Island 312 is fan-fucking-tastic. I would gladly pay five bucks at a sporting event for that. I would be more than happy to do that. Um, uh, let's see what other stories I got here. I'm like I, I, I'm completely burning out today. I, my because of my earbuds shitting out this morning. I didn't even I didn't specifically go on my run this morning. I walked five and a half miles <laughs> instead of running it. And that took a while and probably wore me out a little bit more. So, ugh. And I'm being very slow with my drinking tonight. Being very slow, very deliberate. Some might almost say responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, from MLive.com, those of you in Michigan know MLive very well. Founders Brewing, they got another, another $25 million expansion. It's scheduled to be completed by May 2015. It's expected to double production capacity to 600,000 barrels. That is a lot of barrels. And it follows on the heels of last year's 26 million expansion of their brew house cellar and company taproom. Now, the reason that they're able to do this and why they're doing this is that sales have been skyrocketing for them. They, they have become some of the darlings of the craft brew industry, especially in Michigan. I mean, they, they are the big dogs there. 
Overall sales were up 54% for them over 2013. All day IPA is up 138% over last year. Centennial IPA is up 63%. Dirty Bastard is up 48%. And Founders Porter is up 87%. And speaking of Dirty Bastard, I believe um, that was the one that Marianne insisted that I that I need to try. Um, it, I can't believe I ha if I have had Dirty Bastard, it's been a long time and I did not appreciate it when I had it. Um, because Dirty Bastard, if I remember correctly, is a Scotch ale, I believe. Let's see here, because I know I'm on a slight, slight delay with the chat. So let's see, Dirty Bastard, Founders, Dirty Bastard. Yep, it's a Scotch ale, wee heavy, which same style as the Old Chub that I have in my fridge right now, and I very much like Oscar Blue's Old Chub. So I think Dirty Bastard would definitely something that I would very, very, very much enjoy. Um, so I, 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 I gotta get myself a six-pack of that at some point once I clear up my fridge of the massive amount of beer I have in there again. God damn it. P-Rock says he does one, maybe two beers at a ball game. They can fuck off with their prices. That's the way I am at hockey games. Two beers tops. Uh, sometimes it's not even worth you know, it's not even worth the wait in line, but usually the price. I mean, uh, I think last last Devil's Wings game, I had two Molsons, and I, I got to give the uh, concessionaire there some credit because the first the first one I went to get, I think I was actually short by a buck from what I had. And she was totally cool with it. I was like, I swear, next intermission, I'm coming back. I'll get another one, and I'll give you what I owe you. She's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, fine. Next intermission, went to the ATM, got money out, and it's like, you know, you did me a solid. But still, it's it's ridiculous paying, you know, 18, you know, you know 16, 18 bucks for two beers like that. That, you know, it, it's fucking Molson. I shouldn't be paying the price of a single beer there for a six pack, you know? Um, and I think that the last, the wings game I went to before that, I think I got like a Boddington's pub ale in a can. Um, that was a little more worth it, but it was still like eight bucks. So it, uh, but for, for five bucks, for five bucks, a 12 ouncer, or if you can just fill up that goddamn 48, you fill up a 48 ounce, you're set for the game. You're fucking set. You don't have to go back down again ex unless you're going to the bathroom. So maybe, maybe you want to do 24 ounces, do that one, at some point go piss, and then do another 24 ounces, and then you're set for the game. But I digress. Uh, back to founders here. Uh, they moved from number 30 to number 26 in the list of largest craft brewers in the country last year. So like I said, they're quickly moving up in the national eye, you know, much less Michigan. Great news for putting Michigan even bigger on the craft brew map. I'm willing to bet this is going to aid in even, even further distribution for founders. And before long, they will be truly nationwide. Um, I'm not 100% sure of their distribution map. I would guess it's probably maybe like 35 to 40 states you know something some kind of range like that but um I, i'm feeling they'll they'll get to the stage you know like sierra nevada that's you know nationwide and things like that 
I'm actually going to have to crack open a second beer tonight. What a shocker. Um, this was one that I saw all over social media uh, over the past few days. And I do believe someone actually may have, if they didn't post it in the Facebook group, they at least posted it to my page. So let me see here. Um, oh, yep. Uh, Roy Black on Crack posted it uh, back on, what was it? Uh, Friday, Thursday, back uh, last Wednesday. This is from clickhole.com, which is actually a uh, element of, um, or a section of the onion. We all know the onion. 11 micro brews you have to try this summer. Now, again, because this is the onion, expect it to be snarky. And the onion can be hit or miss with their stuff. Again, with this, I suppose it's a little hit or miss. And it may be a little oversimplified when it comes to the craft brew world, but they do nail some of the more ridiculous aspects of the craft beer world. So, as they say here, whether it's a barbecue or a bonfire, there's nothing quite like a cold one when it's hot outside. Here are 11 delicious craft brews to check out this season. Number one, Dog's Name Lager. With plenty of hops and a whole lot of flavor, Dog's Name is just what you want in a summer beer. You will notice there are a lot of beers that do tend towards dog names, whether they're breweries or the names of uh, the beers themselves. You look at something like Flying Dog Brewery. Uh, you have Brew Dog. You have... Uh, what the fuck is that awful one? That I, I think it was... Um, I, th- I, th- I think it was manufactured by Coors that I had at one time. It was that, um, was it like Blue Dog or something? Uh, Blue Dog? I'm trying to remember now. Um, fuck, I don't remember it anymore, but um, oh, really overly sweet. Um, but you know what? Just on Beer Advocate, looking this up here. Pub Dog, Belgian Blue Corn. Uh, Blueberry Dog from Pub Dog Brewing. Sea uh, Dog, Blueberry Wheat Ale. Um, <laughs> Shipyard had a Sea Dog Blueberry. Big Bad Dog, Old English Ale. Um, what's it? Hair of the Dog Brewing Company. I mean, it, so th- there's a there's a big dog theme when it comes to beer. So they are not far off with that at all. Number two, and I think uh, Marianne might uh, agree with this one. Uh, deeply Unpleasant Extra Hoppy. Infuse an IPA with the resin from heaps and heaps of acrid hop flowers. And what do you end up with? Harpoon Brewery's deeply unpleasant extra hoppy ale, of course. Not the good kind of pungent at all. Number three. Oops, all berries, summer shandy. While a shandy can have varying ratios of beer to another drink, the folks at Odell Brewing messed this up big time and went all berries. Their mistake. And to be fair, I have had some shandies that... are overly sweet. They they pull too much on the flavor that they're trying to add in there, and it 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 ruins the overall balance of the goddamn beer. Um, goddamn it! You know, I almost I almost feel like I need a music bed here, and I don't have anything. Um, do I have anything? Do I have anything fun? Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Eh, why not? Let's see here. Uh, okay, this will just be completely random, so 
Um, yeah. This this is instantly a music bed. Yeah, Skrillex. There you go. Ah, uh, number four, twelve dollars. Don't let August pass you by without breaking out this deliciously complex after dinner ale at least once. Eleven ninety nine. And I see a lot that are uh, that are kind of like that. Uh, that really, I don't know. They're pricey for pricey's sake. I don't know. That's the way I see them. Uh, Barrel-aged, extra-dark, never-ending night porter crafted in the high-alcohol Baltic style. This new offering from Victory Brewing, hey, Victory, is a must-try for those looking to enter an opaque, leaden haze from which they will never emerge. Now, to be fair, I don't have a lot of porters like that nowadays. Usually they're stouts, which kind of brings us to our next entry here. Number six, Zubu Mafu Stout. Arrive with a six-pack of Zubu Mafu, and you'll instantly be the life of any summer party. I don't know. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I I'm lost on what they're trying to go for there, especially considering that I don't necessarily see stouts as being a big old summer beer. Okay. Um, hold on, man. Let me let me grab a beer here. Um. Fuck it. I will go with the Dewclaw Morgasm tonight. I'll, I think I'll probably hold off the, the Hebrew for another night. Uh, uh, number seven, Colin Malloy's home brewing experiment number six. Colin upped the water temperature a few degrees and is pretty sure he added the hops at the right time for this batch, so we'll see what that did for it. I have seen craft beers that are like that, where they try and make it seem like it's some... Um, wacky experiment when obviously they really carefully planned everything for this and you know it's kind of fake kind of fake um i don't i think i think one one company that did it right strangely enough was budweiser with the, the brewmaster select there was no bullshit with that it's like you know we had contests among our our brewmasters and this is what we came up with these were the best ones um you know it wasn't like Ooh, we had mad scientists in the back on their off hours, and no, they surprised us because we didn't know what they were up to. You know, bullshit like that. Number eight, undrinkable apricot monstrosity. Gotta love those lazy summer afternoons. Just head out to the porch, kick your feet up, and slog your way through an undrinkable apricot monstrosity, courtesy of Lagunitas Brewing Company. Well, my experience with Lagunitas, that is extremely likely, although... Again, I have not had a Lagunitas since I started being able to deal with IPAs, so my opinion may change. I admit that. Number nine, Untitled. Simply indescribable. <sighs> I don't know. That was too easy for them. Number ten, The Disease. For Imperial IPA lovers, it's tough to beat the classic malty sweetness of The Disease. I don't know, is uh, IPA going to infect you? Possibly. I do, I do rather like um, this last one here, the number 11, Fuck It Sriracha Pilsner. The technology is there, and the people calling the shots at New Glarus Brewing Company are long past the point of caring what you think. Now, to be fair, I would not see a brewery like New Glarus doing something like this, but I could see... Someone like Stone trying to pull off something like this with Sriracha. I am genuinely surprised that Sriracha has not made its way into a beer at some point. I mean, we, we have our we have our chili peppers and everything. I mean, I, I think, if I remember correctly, I think there's a Sriracha vodka out there. 
Um, don't need two tabs there. I was, uh, let's see, sriracha, vodka. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I am not crazy. I knew there was a sriracha vodka out there. So it's it's only really a matter of time uh, before before we see a sriracha. It'll probably be accented with chili peppers, but there will be you know straight up sriracha going on in there too. And in case you're curious about the uh, sriracha vodka here, of course it's from UV. Would not expect any less. And UV does good flavors. I don't want a sriracha vodka. Um, I, 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 I don't mind chilies in my beers. In my vodka, I don't want that in there. So sriracha, I think sriracha would work better in a beer than it does in vodka. Um, maybe sriracha vodka. How many times are you going to fucking say a sriracha? Enough with the fucking sriracha! I think it would work better, perhaps, say, in Bloody Marys, things like that. But... Oof. Give it to me in beer, please, and let that be it. Um, oh, I know I'm 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 slowing down here. I'm slowing down. Um, I don't know if it was a slow news week or if I was lazy, or if I'm if I'm lacking in motivation or I I I don't know. But I was I was kind of picking and choosing stuff that stuff that jumped out to me. This may not jump out to you. You may not give a shit about this, but if 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 I can reach one of you out there that wants to try this, hey, it's worth it. I got this from draftmag.com. It was another food pairing kind of thing, but given the time of year with this, 4th of July season, you know, we we just had it last weekend, but we are going to, you know, we are going to have more cookouts and barbecues and stuff during the summer. Not me personally. I'm assuming the rest of you are, but I don't know. I, I I don't like having people over my house. Fuck that. And hmm, orgasm's not bad, but I'm not getting a lot of grapefruit out of it. A little bit, a little bit, but just enough, I think. Orgasm from Duclaw grapefruit zested blonde ale. Ah, let me log that in there. Ah, so. Pairing beer and cookout sides. Yes, the sides of the cookout. The the accent to the steak, to the burger, to the hot dog, to the to the chicken wings, to to the sausage links, to the garden burger for you know the people that do that kind of thing. Um, to the uh, grilled portobello for even those people too. As they say here, well, burgers and brats sizzle on the grill. Oh, yeah, brats. I forgot. Brats. I have brats. Well, I did say sausage. It's pretty close. Load your plate with side salads and slip a beer in your koozie to match. Now, my my preference when it comes to, quote, cookout sides, I used to hate potato salad. And then after moving to Jersey, I had a potato salad that was delicious. And it wasn't where the potato was all mushy. The potato was still pretty good and solid. Um, the ones where it's just like a mayonnaise mush, mm, can't deal with those. But the ones where it's like a, a a good solid German potato salad, yeah. Um, never been a fan of the pasta salads, really. Maybe I just haven't run into the right ones. But I, I like pasta. I like salad. I just pasta salads 
have never quite clicked with me. Um, baked beans. I do like baked beans. Um, I have to be drinking to eat them because otherwise I realize the calorie count that I'm ingesting as I keep shoveling them into my goddamn face. Um, trying to think of some other stuff. It's mostly, it's pasta salads, perhaps a fruit salad, your potato salad, your beans, corn on the cob. Eh, I like corn, corn on the cob. I liked, I liked that when I was younger, but Nowadays, I'm I'm more annoyed with that shit getting stuck in my teeth. It's, it's more hassle than it's worth. So, let me get to the pairings here, because even though some of these I'm not particularly fond of the dish, I can understand the pairing. Macaroni salad and Scotch ale. So Scotch ale like Dirty Bastard, like Old Chub. You want know, to try those out? A grown-up Scotch ale gives every kid's favorite side some balance. See. That was never my favorite side at a, at a cookout. Um, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. My favorite childhood side. Um, brings every kid's favorite side some balance. Sweet malt smooths out the tart mayo and relish. Maybe it's the relish that I'm not digging the combo of. While a rich undercurrent of smoky toasted notes bring fullness to the bite. When I was younger, my grandmother specifically would make a Cool Whip salad. Now, I don't know how widespread a dish like this it, it this is it may be very midwest i don't know if it's an east coast thing at all um typically out here i tend to see ambrosia um this is a variation on that i suppose you take cool whip and you mix in fruit cocktail it's goddamn good i think you may mix in something else i'm not sure uh maybe not but it's damn good it's probably horrible for you but I fucking loved it. My, my grandmother always made it very well. And, you know, I loved getting the cherries and the fruit cocktail. Um, she also made some damn good masticcioli. Um, she wasn't even Italian either. Go figure. Uh, next one on here is a fruit salad with an American wheat beer. Of course, a fruit salad is going to go with a wheat beer. Look at most of, uh, well, not most necessarily, but look at a lot of your, your fruit beers. They're wheat beers at the heart. I mean, look at cherry wheat. Look at your, you know, look at Twenty uh, First Amendment's Heller High Watermelon. I mean, you can see me- the crispness of melon. Most fruit salads have an abundance of melon, be it watermelon, cantaloupe, melon. Um, you can see that mixing with a wheat beer. Now, I'm not a big fan of melon, although I do like the um, Midori Sour sorbet that I have, which is a little weird. Reminds me of a. Somebody's going to get this idea. It reminds me of a green popsicle. That's the flavor I get from it. But anyway, fruit salad and American wheat beer. Watermelon is summer's quiet headliner, and it needs a beer that won't overwhelm its sweet, watery flesh. A simple wheat does the trick, playing up the fruit's full texture without drowning out grapes, cantaloupe, kiwi, and berries. Double the fruit factor with a watermelon wheat beer. Well, there you go. 21st Amendment, hell or high watermelon. You can go for shipyard, shipyard's uh, melon head, which... I'm trying to remember if that is actually a wheat beer or not. Um, I want to say the style on that one was different, but I could be entirely wrong. Melonhead. Let's look this up at Beer Advocate. Um, Okay, that doesn't help me. It comes up as a fruit vegetable beer. God damn it. Uh, See, that's, that's one thing that bugs me about 
beer advocate sometimes is that uh, if if a beer has fruit in it, even if it's like you know a, a say a pumpkin stout, they're going to list it as a fruit vegetable beer. They're not going to list it as a stout. <sighs> Stick with the style. Fruit vegetable beer is very very. I don't know. It's too general. So let's see what uh, Untapped says here. God damn it, Untapped fruit beer. You fuckers. <sighs> Last chance. Rape beer. Come to my rescue here. Ah, uh, melon head. I I I just I want to know here. Uh, pff, fucking hell, fruit beer. Mm. I am going to, I'm just going to assume this is a you know it's a it's a wheat ale that's that's it's gotta be Ugh. bothers me when they just classify as a fruit beer it, work with the original style fruit beer is not a style I mean you could say framboise is a fruit beer no it's a fucking lambic yeah it's a fruit beer but it's a lambic Ugh. getting annoyed getting annoyed um ah white ass brent uh, contesting my uh, my bean talk here even though baked beans have a high sugar content they're some of the healthiest to eat with high fiber and protein to balance the sugars you faggot well thank you sir i appreciate that i, I baked beans are another one that i i used to not really be into until vacationed up in new hampshire if i have any listeners up in new hampshire or familiar you know with with you know some of the stuff up there donna jeans diner they do these beans there and they serve them with every meal uh no matter what you're eating whether i think they're only open for breakfast and lunch um <laughs> oh, brent just wanted to say faggot oh, okay um but they're only open for breakfast and lunch, but they'll serve the beans with every meal, and I fucking loved them. They, they had an omelet that was Donna Jean's bean omelet. So good. That got me into the beans. And, oh, oh. It's just, oh. It, it, it's, it's good for the fiber and everything, but it's just, it's so, so calorie dense. Oh. But so delicious. And they don't even mention them in this article. I wish they did. Ah, potato salad and an IPA. See, these are two things I can see going together. Potato salad's a hallmark of summer, but not in a breezy bikini way. What, are you going to wear a potato salad as a bikini? That sounds kind of erotic. Um, sporting a little bit right there. Uh, this mighty bite begs for a beer with some heft, a zippy IPA with grapefruity, oniony hops, melts easily with sweet mustard and celery zing, and the beer's bitter kick cleans up the creamy potatoes. I could see the bitterness of an IPA really, really working well with, with, um, potato salad. I, I can't really expound too much more on that. It, I, I just think they would work really well together. Ah. Uh, I haven't had any potato salad recently. Now I want some, goddammit. Greek pasta salad. Uh, I know I have not had Greek pasta salad. And it is probably because I'm not a fan of cucumber, I'm not a fan of olives, and I'm not a fan of feta. So, we'll kind of go there. Commingling cucumber, olives, and feta with tart vinaigrette. The salad's focus is fresh. Uh, vegetal? Vegetal? I don't know. I'm thinking uh, it's, it's fresh like Vegeta flavor. 
Dragon Ball Z there. A rye Pale Ale sports similar elements from its crisp spice to bready malts that nod to pasta. Bitterness in the beer connects with the same bitterness in the olives for a decisive finish. So it's Greek pasta salad and rye pale ale. I couldn't even name you a specific rye pale ale. Um, it's, it's not a style I really gravitate to. Last one here, Parmesan pasta salad. I'm actually kind of surprised that this is a pasta salad I haven't really jumped into. But pairing with an American wild ale, I'm curious. Olive oil and parm headline this pasta sophisticate. A tart American wild ale brings a little party to the bite. The beer's mouth-puckering sourness foils the oil. Uh-huh. While its loud, fruity burst is a perfect complement to the sharp, earthy cheese. Um, speaking of cheese, we actually uh, made that pizza mac and cheese again. And god damn, it's good. If anybody's curious about the recipe, seriously, um, I'll, I'll send it to you. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, it's really, really, really fucking good. I was able to, you know, cut out wedges of it, take it to work for lunch. Doesn't even need to be heated up. It, it has that deliciousness like room temperature pizza does. God damn. Mm. Uh, I guess we're, we're rounding out uh, towards getting closer to the top of the hour. So I suppose I should... Oh. P-Rock wants the recipe. Uh-huh. I don't know if he's fucking with me, but I'll, I'll, I'll send it to him because I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Actually, the funny thing is I, th- I think I actually have it somewhere bookmarked here. God damn it. Yes! Creamy pizza mac and cheese recipe. Even if you didn't really want it, P-Rock, I'm sending it to you because it's goddamn good here. Pizza mac and cheese. Very easy to make and so good. Goddamn delicious. Uh, has a has a nice uh, nice kind of spicy kick to it from the uh, I think it, like the crushed red pepper really does it. The sun dried tomatoes and the pepperoni add something to it. Uh, cheddar Gruyere. Oh goddamn! Goddamn! I want some now. I am thankful that I think my wife is bringing me a little bit of Taco Bell after my show tonight. I haven't had Taco Bell in couple weeks now and it's actually within my calorie expanse i'm completely shocked by this i'm 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 being extremely responsible but like i said since we're since we're rounding upon the uh the top of the hour i don't want to infringe upon j5's time tonight mr sir Darkside, best in the world himself i will get to the new beer releases and reveals for the week First one, I've, I've teased a few elements of this over the past few weeks, but now now the entire pack is available, the entire case. It's Sierra Nevada's Beer Camp Across America. Case now available. Kind of unique in that it's a mixed 12-pack of 10 bottles and two cans. And it's an amazing chance to try and get some beers from brewers you might not otherwise be able to, depending on where you're located. For me, I'm looking forward to the offerings from Cigar City, Russian River, among others like that. Um, so the listing that we have in this case here, we got from Allagash, Myron's Walk, Belgian-style pale ale, from the Asheville Brewers Alliance, Tater Ridge Scottish Ale, Ballast Point, Electric Ray India Pale Lager, Bells, one of my favorites out of Michigan, uh, Maillard's Odyssey, Imperial Dark Ale, 
Ah, and Mr. Sir Darkside is in the chat right now. Hello, sir. Cigar City, as I mentioned. Yonder Bach, Tropical Maybach. That's one of the two in a can. Firestone Walker, Torpedo Pilsner. New Glarus, that's another one that I can't get out here. There and Back, English Style Bitter. Ninkasi, which I also do not believe I can get. Double Latte Coffee Milk Stout. I would love to try that one. Oscar Blues, Tan Fusion Rye Bach. That is the second one in the can. Russian River Brewing Company, Ivan the Great, Belgian Style Blonde. Uh, Three Floyds Brewing Company, another one I can't get. Chico King Pale Ale. And then finally, from Victory Brewing Company, Alt Root, excuse me, Alt Root Alt Beer. So the moment I see this pack, I'm fucking buying it. I better see it out here. I'm going to be pissed. I, I have no problem getting Sierra Nevada. So I should have no problem getting this through their distribution network. Uh, next one on here, Stone. Another Enjoy by IPA. This one, Stone Enjoy by August 16th, 2014 IPA. Do I have an image of the bottle for the chat? Yes, I do have an image of the bottle for the chat. Uh, boom. Okay. Um, so if, if you missed the July 4th version, this is another nationwide enjoy by release. I know there was one before the 7414 that was limited, I think, for like five or six states. New Jersey was not one of them, so I didn't see it. So nationwide, don't pass this one up. I thought 7414 was fucking delicious. I have no doubt this will be the same. My first taste, it was kind of overpowering with the hops. I was worried like, oh God, okay, this is going to be one of those stone, you know, over hop, punch in the face with it kind of things. But it really mellowed significantly from there and really, really tasted great from that point. Um, I, I expected not necessarily to be choking it down, but I expected to be trying to find the positives in it. But I genuinely enjoyed that one. And this one is supposed to have the same hot blend as the last few Enjoy By batches, which, uh, let's see. Otnum, Superglena, Simcoe, Amarillo, Delta, Target, Calypso, Cascade, Citra, Galaxy, Nelson Sauvin, uh, Motuka, and Helga. So a lot of different hops there. It's going to be hitting shelves July 12th, so that is in just four days. Very nice. 9.4%. ABV. We got another one here from Stone. This is Stone Chocoveza Mocha Stout. There's another collaboration one. Um, God damn it. I hate it when they put these fucking like, tags on the PNG and JPEG extensions. Uh, it's collaboration co-brewed with Cervezeria Insurgente and Stone Homebrew Competition winner Chris Banker. It's brewed with cocoa, coffee, peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Yeah, excuse me, nutmeg. I like the addition of the peppers in there, just to, I don't know. Um, it, it gives it it gives it that that uh, I don't know Mexican flair, I suppose. I don't know, but m- blending with the cocoa, the coffee, it, the 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 cinnamon, the vanilla, and the peppers, I can see those going together right away. The cocoa and the coffee and the nutmeg, I see those going together too. Cinnamon and the nutmeg go together. I mean, so it it all it all comes together at some point there. 
Um, so like I said, it's a collaboration. It's going to be in 22-ounce bottles, 6% ABV, so not, not, not too high there. And release is to be determined on that one. I was not able to find a release date for that. Um, White S. Brent's asking about Stone uh, 2014 Unapologetic Double IPA. I believe I talked about that last week. Uh, Let me see here. Hold on a second. I may have a release for that. Let me look here. See, this is why I back up goddamn everything in my Dropbox. I don't know what I would do without my Dropbox at this point. It, it, if, if you don't have a Dropbox, God, it, it is fucking indispensable. Um, let's see. Of course, it's going to open on the wrong monitor. Uh, let's see here. Uh, available on draft for a limited time. God damn. So let's see here. Stone. Yeah, that that's actually what I'm looking for too, Brent. Uh, on... Uh, apologetic IPA release date. Somebody's got to be able to tell us on this. Uh, due out as of looks like June 30th. So we should it it was supposed to ship uh, with an intended launch date of June 30th. So it should be showing up on your shelves there. I mean, we're you know, we're about a week out from, we're a week away from, or week past that. I'm trying to find the right terminology here. So hopefully you will be able to find it, Brent. Like I said, I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for it too. Um, you know, if, if I find it in, in like the next week or something before I ship your stuff out, um, I'll grab an extra one for you and I'll throw it in there. Um, oh, and I see the same article that I'm pulling up for Unapologetic IPA. Uh, coffee milk stout that's actually releasing from stone next month so i'm very much looking forward to that one i I love a milk stout i love a coffee stout coffee milk stout you combine the best of both worlds there and i'm i'm starting to really appreciate what stone does i I thought they were a lot of hype but they they do some solid shit um so let's see here i got two more here and Perfect, perfect uh, timing working out for this. So I uh, don't move into unsigned hype territory here. This one, Founders Dark Penance Imperial Black IPA. It's going to be a specialty release this October with availability throughout the end of the year. First new beer to be added to, eh, added to Founders lineup since All Day IPA. It's going to be in 12-ounce four-packs. Nope, not six-packs, sorry. But I know there's a few other beers they do that with. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, like Rebeus, I believe they do that with. Uh, you know, some of the more limited ones. And then the last new release I got here. It's one I'm not going to see. It's one I'd like to see, but I do not get New Belgiumont here. Sadly, sadly, sadly. Um, that's another thing that would change if I moved to Florida, and I'd be very happy about being able to get New Belgium. This is New Belgium and Perennial Artisan Ales Collaboration Salted Belgian Chocolate Stout. Posted the image there in the chat. It has a chocolate, Belgian yeast, roasted malts, and just the right amount of salt. Ha-ha. And it will be available in 22-ounce bombers and on draft, uh, 9% ABV. And release is still to be determined on this one. So with that, uh, that's uh, that's basically it for ABV this week. 
as always, if there's a local beer you think I should try, drop me an email at kevin at morelikeradio.com. See if we can try and work out some sort of beer trade. Um, like I said, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm shipping some stuff out to Brent, you know, allegedly, because I know the uh, post office frowns on such shenanigans. Uh, but there's, there's, there's ways you can work this shit out. Of course, there's the ABV beer tasting list. I know the stuff that I um, that stuff that I tried out from July 4th. I got to add in there. tinyurl.com/slash ABV beer tasting. It's an open spreadsheet. If you listen to the show, you can add to it. Don't be afraid. Even even if it's a Bud Light Platinum, go ahead and do it. I'm curious what you're thinking about it. Just do it. It's fun and it's a good way to keep track of shit and see what other people are saying about other beers. And kind of uh, make a checklist of stuff to look out for. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group. Like I said, a couple things from today's show came from the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the ABV Facebook page. That's a little bit more solid article based. Not uh, me- No memes, no funny pictures, shit like that. Leave that for the group. So the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S. That is Edicius. I know other people say Edicus, and I, I let them because I want them to like me. That's what it comes down to. And the show Twitter, MLR underscore alcohol. That's at MLR underscore alcohol. And, of course, you can look me up on Untapped, the, in my opinion, the best beer social media app out there. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D, Untapped. I am Alcohol by Volume, all one word on there. Coming up next into your ear holes. Unsigned Hype with Sir Darkside, the motherfucking best in the world, followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>